0: Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Social Innovation Asia podcast. I am being joined again by Dan McFarland. Dan, how are you today?
1: Yeah, I'm great, Michael. Great to see you. Good to see you too. And we are in Cambodia again, in I Phnom Penh, in the Phnom Penh Center, in fact. I love it. Um, we are here to meet China Sui Lan, the managing director for Instead. Interesting, Michael, I actually met China 8 years ago, 9 years ago. I can't kind of pinpoint the date. But it was when I was doing uh, research for my PhD and I came here to these offices to talk about ICT for development. And instead it had just been, I guess, two years into its operations and wow. it was doing some really innovative stuff, which I wanted to understand. So it's fantastic to see China again. China, welcome to Social Innovation Asia. It's very nice to meet you.
2: Thank you. Very nice to meeting you.
0: So do you want to give us a little bit of background on yourself so that the conversation has context? Who are you?
2: Yeah, so I am, um, so is Cambodian, so I born and uh, raised in Cambodia. Right. And uh, I studied uh, computer science, uh, bachelor degree in Cambodia, and then I got scholarship to do my master's degree of computer application in India. So I spent three years living in India. Where? Uh, in Bangalore. In Bangalore, wow. Yeah, it's a very interesting mm. place. <laughs> I love the experience sure. being there. Yeah. And then uh, I come back to the country, and I work for the technology company for a little while, right. and then trying to find something, doing something meaningful, not just working. Right. That's get me to uh, social enterprise, and uh, where down the road I come to instead.
0: Instead, great. So do you want to give us a little bit of background on what instead is mm-hmm. as well? And you're the managing director of instead for Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. That's a big role, right?
2: So uh, instead, it's U.S. based organizations. So starting from uh, in the year two thousand six, uh, when uh, Dr. Larry Brilliant, who is one of the uh, doctor that's been uh, joined with the WHO team to eliminate smallpox in India, okay. and he once gave this talk in uh, TED Talk. A TED Talk, right? Yes, uh, about uh, how he envisioned. Uh, to see how technology would play a very important role in early disease detection and early response, right. and his talk uh, uh, got to the prize, and uh, he gave that prize uh, away for starting this in- organization that is uh, an instead organization to work uh, uh, on that vision, and instead as an organization itself that time of focusing not just early disease detection and response, but also on the disaster as well. That's what we, the full acronym is enabled in a way to support to emergency diseases and disasters. That's
1: what Insta stands for. Good, I was going to ask that. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> You've you know also what? been funded by other agencies or organisations. Can you give yep. us um, some?
2: Yep. Uh, so when INSTED was started, uh, we receiving the uh, some years of uh, funding from Google.org, oh, wow.
1: um,
2: yeah, for the, our work and also including the work in uh, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Here. and uh, at the early age, also uh, Rockefeller, also one of the uh, uh, key uh, funder that helped to uh, important, uh, especially for the setup of the innovation lab here, yeah. the base in Cambodia to serve uh, working with like partners in the region. Here.
1: Yeah, Chanya, before we get in and talk about some of the projects that you've been doing, which I think is really interesting. We just had a bit of a chat before we started. But before that, I wanna understand some of the changes which have occurred over the last eight years or 10 years. Because you've been, this is, I guess you've just passed the 10 years. Yes. Of so that's really, you've, over that time, there's been so many changes, not just in Cambodia, but in the whole kind of ICT for development space and the way people use technology and the evolution of technology, so how has that impacted your work?
2: Yes, so uh, looking back to 10 years ago, when people like if people have the basic phone, you know, right. the dummy phone, that is something that you would say, wow, that person already, you know, access to technology, you right. know, kind of. It seemed really advanced at the time. Ad, right? That's right, that's, it's been like advanced at that time. Uh, 2G phone call and the SMS, and when we're trying to like uh, kind of like looking at the solution to intervent to uh, uh bring uh, the connect community with the technologies yeah. and so on so many yeah. like solutions were trying to de- design around sms right. to serve the community yeah. right right yeah. wow that's we're looking now 10 years now <laughs> seeing is totally like right. changing like, an like, yeah like sms is like who use SMS anymore? So it's expensive, and uh, <laughs> and it's 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 not like served in a in a scale like what we can actually access using over like the, when the internet uh, is accessible by uh, almost everyone, right? And all, uh, people jump from uh, feature phone to smartphone, right? Yeah.
0: So what what kind of mechanisms or platforms have replaced SMS? Right. So in Thailand, we have everybody uses this Line, but WhatsApp. Facebook Messenger. There are a yeah. whole bunch of different ways for people to communicate. What's What's it look like in the Cambodian landscape?
2: Some people that actually <coughs> a new internet user mm-hmm. now they don't they don't. If you ask them, they don't know what is internet. Right. But if you ask them, do you have Facebook? Yes, yeah. I use Facebook. So this is yeah. This
0: is a theme we've yeah. seen in Thailand as well. You ask them, do you use the internet, and they say no,
1: I don't. Yeah. But they're eight nine hours a day on or Facebook online or online or whatever. Right. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah.
2: So like, yeah, so it's, like, it's, a, it's a like a phenomenon that we've seen, not just only Cambodia, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the social media, really the new internet. Right. It's a new internet right. for everyone that uh, the people using it yeah. without knowing that they access the uh, yes. internet. Yes, so how does
1: that shape what you do in terms of developing ICT for development solutions?
2: Mm-hmm. I think the thing, the thing is the part that almost like, like that, that, that the social media, like uh, Facebook or other mechanism that people are using right now, it's an enabling uh, platform that allowing that the social project that usually have to get to connect to the community that you need to send a the team there, right, to uh, trying to actually advocate the community about certain like social program or health program. Right. Now it's like, I think most of the program that we do now, we're looking at mass, we will be the scale. Mm-hmm. We're looking at the way, what would be the minimum way to get there, and that's like uh, the utilize of these uh, social media platform, integrating into the program itself, right. it 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 is uh, one of the key, mm-hmm. and that's what is I think the big change, okay. the big change. So the social media is uh, playing role in some aspect of people's life, but also for if you're looking at from the lens of the um, of the uh, social project, mm-hmm. I think that something that are uh, giving us like pathway. You know, a way to get to the community easier. Right. Yeah.
0: Much easier. And then you can have more impact, I presume.
2: Yes. But it's not like something, it's not about like, depend on that alone. But right. it's a supportive mechanism to reach to the bigger scale in the community. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. And you've actually got one project in particular where you're really reaching out all over Cambodia. Uh, and I believe this is in cooperation with the Ministry of Health. Yeah. Could you explain what that is? Yes.
2: Yeah, so that's uh, the, the I mean uh, I think you, the mention for the project is 115 uh, public uh, hotline in yeah. the, uh, uh, for the Ministry of Health in Cambodia. So the project was actually started from uh, a hackathon.
0: A hackathon? Yeah, really. really? So
2: it's a hackathon, it actually it was um, funded by School Global Startup Fund at that that's time. Well, got it. That we run a regional hackathon, bringing not only just uh, Cambodia but from the regional the health and technologies. Mm-hmm. together, pair together, to, look, to look into um, uh, challenges and what would be the potential solution to address that. And uh, coming out of that hackathon, uh, we, like Ministry of Health, understand more in terms mm-hmm. of like what can they actually get uh, technology to help network and, and, and that's uh, the hotline coming out. And we Uh, continue working with the Ministry of Health and uh, in year 2015 Mm -hmm. we launched this uh, hotline uh, for Cambodia with the Ministry of Health uh, with all health centers in the country more than 1,000 health centers in the country are now using since 2015 regularly weekly reporting of the situations of the infectious disease in their community Wow Uh, It's toll free Right It's toll free from all mobile operators okay. in Cambodia. Uh, after that, well, with the Ministry of Health, we're enabling the hotline, uh, we're we adjusting the design in the hotline to enable public also to access to the information about infectious disease.
1: Okay, yeah. so could you just give us a bit of insight into how does a health worker use the hotline, and then how does a, the general public use the hotline? Yeah. And what different experiences do they have?
2: Yeah, so, so the, the goal in here is how can we help? the ministry will have to early detect the disease or the, the potential of the disease before it spread? Right, before That's it spreads. The goal. Right. Yeah, so with the health center, it's a routine reporting. They have been uh, carried out already on papers or on a direct phone call, but it, it takes time, you know, right. and the delays and accuracies and so on. So this hotline have to strengthen the disease reporting disease evidence from the health center all over Cambodia. For the public, uh, when they're calling in, they will route to the menu for information for public. For example, if you want to hear more about Zika, because people here on social media, on Facebook, when Zika outbreak happened in South America, people are so worried, so concerned. So this is the hotline that is a public uh, uh, official information that people can uh, can get the accurate information from the ministry, not the rumor.
0: Right. Right.
2: And so basically, there's a number of the disease that usually the Ministry of Health put those, uh, the, the top disease that people are more concerned about, that they see in the country or they've seen like here in the news around the world. And at the same time, the public can also report about something abnormal in their community. For example, we have the farmers in Swireen who report about a. Abnormal death of his chicken after, and after he sees uh, his uh, children sick and boring that he report to the land. And that's, uh, that helped the ministry to identify the h n one is confirmed cases after they send the team to investigate in the field. This is the public uh, reporting.
0: But this is the point where you're talking about scale, right? In other words, in the old days, before 115 was implemented the ability for that farmer to be able to make that connection directly to the ministry would have taken much longer.
2: It would be take much longer and also at this, at this one um, also is more systematic. Right. That, um, the line, you can see the speed of the information from the call that, that the farmer, can you imagine, that like the farmer make a phone call and that call to the system and it immediately alerts to the top of the national. Right.
0: This is it just the, goes right up the chain.
2: Yes, it's go up right up there to the right contact person. Right. And then they review, talk uh, with him, and then investigate uh, sending the rapid response team immediately to investigate the case in yeah. the field. And that, does that imagine if there's no specific point from the farmer itself. It will take so many chains, right? Right. Hierarchical level up.
1: By that time, it's too late. It's It's too late.
2: So now it means we're at the information age that we need to be faster than the disease spreading in order to uh, to prevent the catastrophe. That's a really good
0: point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So now, how does the what was the other side of this question? How does a worker use this? Somebody who's part of the health system use it, which is different than how an individual
2: uses it. So it's the same. It's one line that designed one hotline designed for two purposes. Right. For the official health worker mm-hmm. from the health centers and hospital, when they dial to report, they will route to the special menu, and that report about the uh, like seven uh, uh, key infectious diseases that required by the Ministry of Health. Right. The public will not have access to, to this. This is designed specifically and routes only for the uh, health worker the phone number that dial to.
0: Got it. So there are people in the field that have access to that number to be able to give information to the Ministry of Health that's separate from those types of services that individuals have, yes. right, and they don't have access to it. Yes. Got it. And then that information at some level gets consolidated, collated, and then when an individual calls in to ask questions about it, they benefit from that yes. information. You can imagine
2: seeing like this. So that that's just like, one is like, continue carrying the, uh, collecting the um, information or reporting from the health mm-hmm. worker at the same time need to overlay you can imagine the kind of overlay of the information one is an official information one is a rumor information right. of the signal yeah. so this is can be would be uh, it's, it's very important for the ministries to see like because because sometimes like uh, people can have a lot more worry right mm-hmm. concern worry before it, uh, before the real big outbreak is really identified yeah, yeah. so overlapping or seeing from the public Hearing what the public concern Brilliant. about, or reporting, and then on top of the uh, existing platform of the official reporting is very important.
1: Very absolutely yeah. very important. So this came out of a hackathon. This this concept, yes. and, you, and I understand you develop you. Do, I see it from what you do, you do so many different projects, and you develop many different mechanisms to come up with new ideas and solutions. So one of the other ways you come up with solutions is through an incubation program, is that right?
2: Yes, it's ICT for the incubation program. Um, The reason that we come up with that program is um, because we've seen like um, in a traditional way that NGOs um, or the governments, uh, some counterpart that we've been working with, those who actually work in the front line, I mean with the beneficiary, they understand what is the challenge, what's the need. But from there a pathway to get to have the project to implement to answer to it is not that easy right they have to go to a traditional grant uh, applying have you know, to making sure that what they put there is aligned with what the funder wanted to see while they're sitting in the in New York hmm. in the Washington DC uh, they you know right. so um, this platform we wanted to the goal is to how can we um, work with those who actually, in the uh, implementing project, basically, I, I use the protocol of the, the front lines, right. the front lines yes. of people who understand base, uh, working with them to uh, explore what are the challenges, what is the gap, there are a lot of gaps and challenges, you know. but what would be the potential one that should be addressed? Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the platform that, that uh, to, uh, to looking for the potential um, uh, solution. That doable in a certain scale it can start because sometimes it need, you need to change like uh, related to kind of systematic politicals and so on this is be looking at something that's doable especially if they can carry it out by themselves right the change that means uh, and yeah so we have done this uh, ICT for the, uh, for the incubators uh, across sectors so sometimes we do it on the health sectors mm-hmm. from the mental health to um, non-communicable disease and so on to agriculture, to education, yeah.
1: Okay, so on the education side, could you give us an example of something you've just come out of this program?
2: Yeah, so on the education side, um, there are, I wanna mention two of the prototype that's been actually coming out of the incubation. One is the uh, improve the early grade uh, writing for Mm -hmm. the primary school uh, in Cambodia. That is a solution that's uh, proposed by uh, the partner organization named CAPE. They're based in kumbung Jam and they've been uh, supporting the Ministry of Education, working with the primary schools. And this, uh, they've done the research and see there's the gaps for the kids at the primary school for uh, the writing, right. writing gaps. And they wanted to actually, they believe that if you're making something that is uh, interactive, that is colorful.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you gamify Game. this?
2: i would not say gamify specifically, but okay. but more design kid friendly. Kid friendly. Okay. Following, of course, following the um, the material for uh, from the from the ministry of, from Cape uh, for teaching to kids, Okay. Yeah, uh, but it's more in action rather than they doing on the paper right. alone themselves and. The ministry uh, also, uh, with CAPE, already have setting up some of the library, like there's the tablet there that the kids can go to play with all these uh, applications for Mm education. So that's why we're designing this application for the command writing that the kids can, as in their break, they can actually, you know, play in the library and to improve their writing skills. And when
0: did that program start?
2: That was um, about 2017
0: okay so a few a couple of years ago and what is the reaction been from the students?
2: this is not as a curriculum so this is this one is like as a, a break for students right. so instead of, uh, they can actually come in a break to play in the library so right. the students like it actually we do right. we, we do actually a, a number of iterations to test with students to observe to see, Sometimes they stuck because we wanted to be intuitive without telling. Because imagine the, the kids come to the library, you don't need the teacher to tell them, hey, press this, do this, do this. Right. So they have to go in a way that like, huh, okay, this is interesting, okay, I follow this, okay, I write this, call, right. uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of the, one of the projects that coming out of the incubator and it's been rolling out to some of the uh, primary schools where they have the tablet in the libraries. Another one uh, we um, rolled out in, well, uh, about uh, early 2018 is career counseling that's targeting for high school students. Because um, this one is also we incubated the project idea from CAPE as well. Uh, It's about uh, because CAPE has been working with high schools already, with the Ministry of Education. um, do the career counseling in person, in junior person mm-hmm. and some training also to teacher to do it uh, and also they've done the research on the gaps of uh, that they, and they found that uh, one third of the kids something in the high school, they don't understand what to do next after they right. finish high school so they, they, they haven't planned they don't know what to do next so mm. this is something that CAPE has been already doing in person Trying to actually provide the career counseling to students, right? right. Uh, but the scale is small. The scale is small as in person. Right. Resources is, is uh, little. It's limited, right? limited, limited resources. So that's what they turn to. They come to our incubation program to pitch their idea the idea will got selected because we see the potential of it's doable and it's scalable. Right. And how the potential can be even beyond the border of the school itself, even due to out of school.
0: Right. So how does technology play a role in that?
2: So with this, we actually working with CAVE to compile the assessments that they usually do with the student, Mm -hmm. like Mm in-person assessment, the strengths and weakness, and the recommendation of what would be the careers that match with your talent, you know. And uh, and also with the application, since with good application, let's do beyond that. We put more uh, vocational training videos to for kids to understand more vocational training uh, tra- uh, vocational training skills, as well as some of the videos about like um, profession. For example, what is it like to be a doctor?
1: Right.
2: <laughs> what is it like to be people? Working in IT.
0: Right. What is it like to be a computer programmer? Most high school students wouldn't know. I know I didn't know.
2: I wouldn't. I didn't know too. Right. <laughs> in that time, but I was at high school. So so that is to give them what is it like to be in those profession and career. Right. So listen to what do they do.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. So how do you how do they access that information? How does it scale? In other words, by going through the incubator program. How did this idea scale, or how does it scale?
2: So the applications so that were deployed at the high school that run by CAPE, that have the, especially new generation school, you know, to the tablets, computer labs, at the libraries. And uh, it's also, we're making also the campaign on Facebook and okay. so on. Okay, And uh, also the, at, at school itself, where CAPE, our partner organization, work in Kumbung Chan, in the, the high schools. Uh, so uh, introduce this to students that this is the uh, something that uh, you can do more to learn more, access, understand about yourself more, and prepare for your careers and for your future. Right. And uh, so the pilot went well. Currently, it's been run only on Android platform. Got it. Um, uh, we're looking after the pilot success. We uh, we we don't want to run this on ourselves or organization K, okay, we wanted to uh, we see that the change is would be much bigger scale if it is, uh the change carried out by the system right. by the Ministry of Education okay. yes. and that's what we actually um, we, we, we had a uh, meeting with the, the Minister of Education presenting to him the details of the pilots <laughs> presented to him the pilots uh, uh, and 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 about the project uh, applications and everything. He was very excited, and he took our proposal that the Ministry of Education will own it, takes okay. it on. And and that's what we uh, take us to the next step to uh, apply to uh, the sub-grant from Development Innovation with the USAID project for the scale-up of the uh, career counseling beyond uh, the number of the school in pilots so and with the scale-up, we are uh, working in handling the application to the Ministry of Education. Right. It's going to be under the Ministry of uh, Education if the student look on Play Store or if they look on an iOS Store. And uh, we're going to make, uh, make it available support on iOS as well because like about 40, 50 of students actually are uh, using iOS Instead of Android, Mm -hmm. so we're gonna support on both and Android and and iOS, and as part of the scale effort with the support from development innovation, we will uh, purchase uh, some tablets to disseminate to 50 high school. Um, We talk about more rural that doesn't have yet access uh, in terms of like equipment for the high school. Uh, like computer labs or tablets so this is looking about uh, so that each school can have uh, the shared tablets for students to
1: use so the students they don't have a smartphone they can log into that shared school tablet and experiences application and experiences I guess digital career counseling experience
2: yep yep so so um the career counseling application, I want to say like this, it's not a replacement of a human, but it's a supportive tool. Right. So you can imagine, so the goal even with the Ministry of Education, the goal is to have the career counseling in each of the school, right, that the carried out by the staff. Right. Um, but uh, as technology in the mean, in a sense, in every other aspect of the world as well, is the supportive tool. Right. And how we design and using that. And for this case... Um, it's designed in, in a supportive tool for the students to use, and of course they have the teacher that can turn to, right. you know, I'm, my assessment is like this, what should I do? What should I do? What, what, do, you, what do you recommend more? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, we're talking about the another key advantage of technology as well that uh, is accessible by anyone who have access to the device. Right. So you can imagine, like, uh, those youths that are out of school, that they don't have to go to school to know about this, to access this. Right. So that's what we're also um, going to do, like, campaign on Facebook, because, like, four millions plus of the Facebook user in Cambodia. Really? Yes. So uh, we're looking at uh, how can we actually um, bring this um, possibility of cell assessment on the career to youths beyond the youth in high school.
1: I noticed that a lot of the projects you work, being able to achieve scale, and, through, and you've been able to do that through deliberately cooperating and working with government ministries. work with the Ministry of Health and you are working with the Ministry of Education. Education. What else are you doing in that space? So to experience scale, to scale, make sure that as many people in Cambodia and as I possible... Are experiencing these solutions and their benefits?
2: Yeah, so throughout the world, if that that's I would bring. I think to answer to your your question even earlier in, in in this uh, conversation conversations yeah. was uh, about well, that we've been here for ten years, right? Right, mm. and we've seen projects that run and die. We see the project that survive, mm. and then the project that usually survive, and the long term benefit is when it's gets to own by the system right. what I mean by the system is those who actually live beyond NGO mm-hmm. grants those who actually provide the service to the public that's the government right. and that's the government counter and that's what we actually working in every possibility to making sure we get to that end
0: yeah so, I like this concept of you're trying to Through the incubation program but through some of the other programs you're doing as well you're building a sort of systematic way to do innovation that then feeds into the actual final frontline providers that do will outlive the ngo grant and be self-sustainable this is another one of the themes that we're seeing is the sustainability of a project after it's been incubated and built right and if it's with the ministry of health or with the ministry of education if they end up being the front line that's a great outcome
2: yeah that's the that's the goal of the incubation because usually if uh, we we know we all understand that the the public service or the government is the long term sustainability, right. but to get the voice from an right. online service mm-hmm. provider who know best what work what not work, right. to change in the system what's supposed to do, right. it's really difficult. Yeah. And we're trying to actually and we're trying to actually bringing that with the incubator to. Proof, kind, of proof of concept. Concept, yeah. kind of proof of concept, but from day one, our our head already know we are getting to right. and engaging them in, from day one to be part of the conversation in the incubator, invite them, the government counterpart in, mm-hmm. and even pilot also, trying to pilot with them and, and then try to bring the result also going to them. So basically in every phase that we do, we're trying to engage that, um, the government, the ministry in that so uh, because the goal is we want them to own it
0: Right. yeah but you want but you're innovating for them in other words yeah. they're probably not going to innovate on their own but you're running through this entire innovation process for them and then you let them own it afterwards because yes. they are the system that provides the mechanism for delivering that service to people exactly that's kind of cool that's really cool I, I have one more question actually you mentioned earlier that the people on the front lines don't necessarily know how to tell the right story or interact properly, if I understood what you said correctly, with the funders in New York or in Washington or in California. So do you do that for them as well through the incubator? Is that another kind of service that you provide?
2: I think that's all at like the incubator. We, um, for example, at incubator, for the past four years, we've been receiving the support from uh program for mm-hmm. ICT4D. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. So, so so you can imagine that if uh, each of these incubators have to go on their own to do that themselves. Right. themselves Impossible,
0: yeah. I think. Yeah. So their
2: focus is to working with us and uh, those who are selected for in the in incubator to work with us, uh, making sure that uh, we deliver together this solution right. that can fast uh, test and pilot in the field. Is okay. it work or is it not working? Right. What's need to change? Hmm. Yeah.
0: Okay. Look, well, I think that's a fa- fantastic way to end this conversation. Exactly. I really appreciate your time. Really, really interesting for me.
1: Fascinating. Thank, Thank, you you. Thank, you much, Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you
0: very much. Thank you.